episode of what I shall call season four. There are some new developments, the main one being that you will not have the pleasure of listening to NJ's voice for the foreseeable future because she feels that at this juncture it is time for her to move on from Grace Touch podcast. We are grateful for her contribution and I'll be sure to invite her to come and keep us updated on the wonderful things she's doing. So, If you're anything like me, you are dissatisfied with the status quo, with the same old, same old. And in my understanding, as followers of Jesus, as his disciples, we should be going from glory to glory, forever growing in our understanding of what we are called to, of who we are called to be. Uh, So when things seem to be stuck in uh, a never-ending loop of mediocrity, um, that tells me that there is something that I'm not doing right. Not that I can earn my salvation. Of course, it's given to us free of charge. Well, Jesus actually paid a high price for it, but we don't have to pay anything to be saved. However, from the moment we sign uh, on the dotted line with the blood of Jesus and say we want to enter through his pierced side and walk in his ways, on his footsteps, we are meant to start growing. So I would like to take us on a journey, if you're okay to join me on this journey, where we'll be exploring the more. Those promises that Jesus gave us that are mysterious. I believe they are mysterious, yes, but they're not meant to remain mysterious. And we are meant to ask the Lord to teach us, to help us, learn to operate in the fullness of what it is to be a child of God, what it is to be a son of God, what it is to be a daughter of God, what it is to be a follower of Jesus. So I will pray briefly uh, the prayer that's in Ephesians 1. Uh, It starts in chapter 15, I'll read it, but as a prayer for us all. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So I pray for myself and for those listening today, Lord, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Amen. Now, today, there are so many mysteries in the word, but today I would like to start with a few passages. By the way, what I read was Ephesians 1, verse 15 
2.21 in the New King James Version. Now let's start with a passage in the book of John, chapter 14. So the Lord is talking about the fact that in his father's house there are many rooms, that he's going to go and prepare a place for his followers, etc., etc. Thomas asks where he's going, and Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I would encourage people to read the whole chapter. What I would like to focus on is uh, this very, very powerful passage. Verse 12. So we are in John 14, verse 12. In the New King James Version, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That is quite the promise. That's quite the promise. And Jesus is God, and God is not a man, that he should lie. And uh, if you read the New Living Translation, because the he was often a choice in translation, the Bible was translated by men, mainly, and I mean males, no offense to the men listening, um, that he actually means anyone. So if we go to the New Living Translation, John 14, chapter 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. You ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So I don't know about you, but if you look at the works that Jesus did, I mean... Uh, he did incredible things, one of the most challenging ones being raising the dead, for example. So I don't know how many of my listeners have prayed for somebody who was dead and the person has come to life. I've tried, but the person didn't come to life. I don't know if I um, stopped too early or if I didn't have enough faith or what the reason was, but there, you have it. I've tried, and it didn't happen, Okay. Uh, and as I said, I don't believe uh, Jesus would lie. So I have to ask myself, why am I not doing the same works he did and even greater works? I've prayed for myself and been healed, prayed for others and they've been healed. I've had a, a word of knowledge, which is a revelation of a secret, something I couldn't have known uh, with my own intelligence about somebody. And it has checked out many, many times. Um, I've prophesied over situations. Uh, I've uh, called uh, for change, spoken change over situations and they have changed. I've prayed into an atmosphere and it has changed. So I've experienced a certain level of the sp spiritual uh, giftings that God has given us. But I have yet to do the same works that Jesus did. So the issue has to be somewhere with me, right? My understanding of who I am as a daughter of God, my understanding of what it means to walk in the fullness of his calling. So let's carry on. Let's look at another passage. Um, Ephesians 1 that I read earlier says, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Every spiritual blessing. So nothing spiritual should be beyond our reach based on this passage. Okay? That again tells me that uh, there's something I'm missing. So I'm growing in the understanding of these things. But I would like to encourage us and myself in this new season 
to, 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 to push further in meditating the word, asking for Holy Spirit to open it up for us, asking for access in the, to the heavenly realms in which we're meant to be seated. Well, I mean, when you sit somewhere, it means you, you belong. It's a place, you dwell there. So I'm encouraging us to grow in that understanding of who we are. The same uh, book of Ephesians chapter 1 says in verse 20, let me start at, uh, it's just after the prayer. Um, I'll start at verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, Verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. So this is Jesus. The passage is talking about Jesus. That God worked in Christ, worked his mighty power in Christ, raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, etc., etc. So one might think, okay, this is Jesus. Jesus is seated above all of those things. Well... Let's move on to Ephesians 2 then. What does Ephesians 2 say? Ephesians 2, let me look at Ephesians 2. Yep, Ephesians 2, let's start uh, verse 4. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together. So God raised us up together with Christ and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Hang on a minute. So he raised us up together with Christ. He made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So if we go back to Ephesians 1, what I read before, verse 20 he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name. So am I understanding this right? I believe I am. The, the place, the heavenly places where God raised Jesus, where Jesus is seated, are the same heavenly places in which we are seated in Christ Jesus because he raised us up together and made us sit together. So if I look at all this, we should indeed be doing as per John 14, not only the works that Jesus did, but greater ones. We should ask anything in his name and see it being done. If we link that to his calling, uh, what, uh, the, 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 great, the great commission, the mandate Jesus left us um, in Matthew 10, 6. So that's part of the commission, which is go and make disciples. But there's another one. Another part about proclaiming the kingdom, the message of the kingdom of heaven. So if we look at Matthew chapter 10, I'll try to find a version that's similar to the one we were reading. Um, Matthew chapter 10. Let's try the new King James version. When Jesus sends his disciples, what does he say? So if we look at... Uh, the New King James Version, it's Matthew 10 from verse 1. And when he, this is Jesus, had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Let me read that again. When he had called his 12 disciples to him, 
He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Huh. Okay. And when we go to verse 7, and as you go preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Let me read the same passages in the New Living Translation. So, Matthew 10, from verse 1, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. And if we go to verse 5 after the list of names, Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. So at that stage, they were only sent to the people of Israel. So he says, don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. The Lord wanted to start salvation amongst um, his chosen people. That changed afterwards, obviously. Verse 7, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. So, I don't know about you, but again, let me ask this question. As I mentioned before, I have prayed for people and they've been healed. I've prayed over myself and I've been healed. I've prayed over somebody who was um, demonized and the person has been set free. I've seen that. But so far, that hasn't happened every time I've prayed. And every time I've prayed for disease to get out of somebody's body, including mine, it hasn't been the case that for every prayer, the disease has disappeared. So I'm missing something here. Um, some will say, oh yes, but you know, maybe sometimes these things linger in us so that we'll learn the lesson. I don't believe that. I believe if God, if God wants to teach us a lesson, he will speak to us. He's perfectly capable of doing that. I may not understand yet why every one of my prayers isn't met by an immediate change in the circumstances I'm praying into. But I will certainly not change my theology because of my own lack of understanding. Quite the contrary, I will keep pursuing God. I'll keep pursuing God and pursuing and asking and praying and listening to Holy Spirit and, and seeking for his truth and for, for deeper revelation until I get to that place where I see his promise materialized. He is not a man that he should lie. What he says, he does. What comes out of God's mouth, his hand accomplishes. The word says his word, his word, what he says, his words, do not return to him without having accomplished the purpose for which they were sent out. So I would like us to challenge, uh, uh, to, to challenge ourselves. I'd like to challenge us today to ask ourselves what it means to be seated in the heavenly places. As I mentioned earlier, when you're seated somewhere, you're seated there. It's an ongoing thing. It's not that you come, you sit for five minutes. We are seated there. This is, that is meant to be our dwelling place. So how well are we doing that? And how can we be seated in a place that's somewhere in the spirit realm? Well, we have to be acquainted with the spirit realm to the point where it becomes as familiar to us as the physical, the natural realm around us, isn't it? Otherwise, how else are we going to remain seated in those heavenly places? We are spiritual beings as much as we are physical beings. And when we come to Christ, our spirit becomes one with God's spirit. That's what the word says. So where are we going wrong? And I'm not heaping any blame or trying to make anyone feel bad 
I just don't want to miss out on God's promises for us. And if I can help at least one person not to miss out on God's promises for them, then my life will have served a purpose. We are called to make disciples. That was the big commission I was talking about earlier. Go and make disciples. That's uh, Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. To make a disciple, to teach somebody, to teach people, to put God's word into action by seeking to live the way Christ wants us to live, to live the way Christ lived. So, let us try to live the way Christ lived. Let us try to do the works that he did and greater ones. And I'm not talking about uh, uh, striving in the flesh. I'm talking about gaining deeper understanding of what it means to be seated in the heavenly realms of what our, our inheritance is in Christ and how, and, and, and how to, learning how to see the manifestation of his promises on earth as in heaven. So I pray that uh, this reflection blessed you and piqued your curiosity. I pray that it will make you question the status quo and pursue the deeper mysteries of God's promises for us. I'll finish on these words from Isaiah. Um, Isaiah 57, verse 14. And I say, Lord, help us to prepare the way to remove every obstacle from our way so that there'll be nothing between us and you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Till next time. Bye. This was season four, the first episode of Grace Touch Podcast in English.